What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. We're back once again with another episode. Some record-breaking news this week, another week of NFL under the under the belt. Some punches thrown uh, on the basketball court. A lot to catch up on, but we're going to start with, I think, the news that took the sports world by storm as soon as it broke and then kind of throughout the week, and that's Shohei Otani signed a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The deal itself, a little funky. Uh, He's only going to be making $2 million for the first 10 years, or the 10 years of his actual contract. And then after that, uh, due to all the deferred money, we'll be making about $68 million per year for the next 10 years. Present value of the contract, I think, is something around $437 million, roughly around there something like that. Um, so a very weird contract, but Otani wants to win, did this to help the Dodgers still lure some big free agents. Uh, they've been rumored with basically everyone that's still out there, as well as a trade for Tyler Glasnow this past week. So they're very active. Um, but obviously Shohei Otani, the best player in the sport, and the Dodgers, I mean, you already got Mookie Betts, you already got Freddie Freeman, now you add Shohei Otani. Your thoughts on the deal itself, but also just how stacked this Dodgers lineup is now. Yeah, I mean, I thought I'd become desensitized to like big sports contracts, but nope. Um, Yeah, no, I, wow. Um, 700 million. I don't think that was really reported anywhere. Like, I mean, I, I thought 500 million would be crazy, but then the more I think of it, the more I'm like, yeah, if he's a good, if he gets back to being a great pitcher, like, not gets back on the field like just more so actually pitching like i'm confident it'll be great if he does pitch like there's nothing stopping this from being a very fair contract like which is so crazy to say but he's just that freaking good um and yeah i mean before we talk about who else they could add like this lineup's already so so unreal this top three like i I don't even know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, um, we kind of talked about like Judge and Soto as being a great duo, and like they have three hitters on that caliber. Like, these are probably three of the ten best hitters, six best, yeah. like six best hitters. Like, I I don't know. Like somewhere in that vicinity in the world. Like, I don't. I don't know. I I would like we were we we're hanging out and we were talking about it. We we're like, how many games like could they win in a few years? Like once Otani gets pitching, if they make some additions around the edges, like, oh my god, yeah, it's uh, it's scary for sure. I mean, I think it's a uh, you know, so it's like, oh my god, seven hundred million, like that's crazy, like that's not worth it. But then like you hear all this deferral stuff come out and like. You know, 68 million, 20 million years from now is not, or 20 million, 20 million years ago, 20 years from now, $68 million is not $68 million today. I mean, that's just, we've seen these NFL contracts in the last 20 years. I mean, it, 20 years is a crazy long time. And that's when Shohei's last payment is going to be like the Dodgers with all the money Shohei brings in with the value he brings on the field, like this is probably a discount at the end of the day. And I mean, the fact that he's making 2 million a year for the first 10 years is crazy. Um, it almost like sh- shouldn't be allowed low key, but um, I mean, not many players are willing and can afford to do that, obviously. Uh, but yeah, sticking to baseball. I mean, it felt like this was kind of where he was going to go the whole time. And it seems like with all the reports coming out, the blue Jays basically were kind of leveraged, you know, the giants apparently had basically the same exact offer in, I think it just kind of shows he always was wanting to stay in LA specifically and switch though to the Dodgers. Um, yeah, that top three is ridiculous. I think what's even scarier is just this team, you know, freed up all this cap space, freed up all this money to get Shohei. And it's like, basically like, yeah, you know, 43 million or so will go towards the luxury tax, but like they've still got a ton of money to spend. You hear them right at the forefront for uh, Yamamoto, which is, I mean, if they get him, that's a 25-year-old AC thrown in the mix. Glasnow, uh, you know, would be a rental, but maybe they work something out. He was really good last year. Um, you know, Hater, I think, has been linked to them as well. Like, there's all these good names out there where it's just like, you know, 
if they land these guys, like, what are they going to do? Obviously, baseball is one of the sports where, um, you know, it is like anyone can truly win. We saw that this year with the Diamondbacks in the NL and um, I guess not really with the Rangers. The Rangers are pretty stacked, but like we've seen teams go on runs that probably aren't the best team on paper or the best team just, you know, in the regular season. But that's the beauty of baseball. So, you know, does this guarantee them a World Series every year? Like maybe like. I mean, if you look at the NBA, like when KD went to the Warriors, like that was like, okay, this team's going to the finals every year and like nothing's going to be able to stop them. Whereas like, this is like, okay, this team is loaded, but like there's still that uncertainty with baseball, but absolutely. Can I see the Dodgers becoming a dynasty? 100%. Um, you know, they, they have a loaded lineup. The back end of the lineup is a little like, I don't want to say weak, but there's like, you know, you've got like an old Jason Hayward in there and like a Chris Taylor and, you know, James Altman's a young player. Like there are some, you know, holes or weaknesses there. We'll see if they patch those up. And the pitching, you know, little uncertain. You got Walker Bueller coming off another Tommy John surgery. Gonsolin was hurt for a lot of the year. Dustin May was hurt. Um, so that's where, you know, Shohei's not going to pitch next year, but that's where Yamamoto would come in bigger. Glasnow, like one of these names. So, um, you know, they got Bobby Miller there, obviously. I think Kershaw's still a free agent. Who knows what's going to happen with that? I don't think he can pitch to like August or something like that. Oh, um, really? yeah, I think he's hurt or, or just had a surgery or something. So who knows what will happen with that? I know I'm rambling a little bit, but obviously huge mood for the Dodgers kind of expected, but I think the contract itself really allows this team to potentially become one of the better teams we've seen in the last, you know, 10, 20, 30, you know, last 50 years almost. I mean, they've really got, they got the best player on the planet. And then you got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and then you got money to spend. I mean, it's pretty scary. So uh, hats hats off to them. And as much as I want to hate Shohei Otani and, and uh, you know, it frustrates me, the guy's just a team first player and wants to win. And you got to respect that at the end of the day. So I can't really bash him, even though it is uh, I'm sure both of us and both of our teams will potentially feel these the ramifications of this for uh, the next decade. So is yeah. what it is. But that's the game. Yeah. Um. Next thing we're gonna talk about. Or you're ready to move on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um. Next thing we're gonna talk about. We kind of mentioned in the intro. Draymond Green. What are you doing, big man? Um. It was recently. I think yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Like around the start of the NBA games. Uh. It was announced that he's gonna be suspended indefinitely. Um. And there is some type of criteria he needs to meet to get back and it's crazy but like i don't really disagree man i i like i don't disagree with the suspension like it's crazy that that's the case but listen you just can't have like forget about the brand and whatever like he's just a reckless player he choked out rudy gobert he stomped on demontis bonus and he punched yusuf nurkic and his own teammate you know, we can go on about how he's a fake tough guy and he doesn't do it to the real tough guy. I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't care about who the real tough guys are in the NBA. It's a sport. I I don't care about, you know, whether he's going after an Isaiah Stewart or a Marcus Morris or whatever. It is interesting that it always happens to be European players. I think that's like, you know, maybe something is there, but I don't want to get too... <laughs> No conspiratorial here. Um, but the one one thing I will say is Joe Dumars has been a mentor towards to Draymond Green, and he is the one basically in charge of of giving out suspensions. And he basically said, like, yeah, man, like I, I don't know what's going on. Like, same thing with KD. And it's like, yeah, I think everyone just was like all right, like, the Sabonis thing, like, yeah, like, you were kind of provoked, like, it might have been an accident, like, okay, fine. The Gobert thing, it was like, all right, that's funny. And now it's like, all right, man, you got to relax. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, are, are you doing it so the podcast gets more clicks? Like, is that what's going to have to happen? Am I going to have to start punching Griffin for people to start watching this? Like, <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd eat some punches for yeah. some, more, some more subscribers. Here we go. Uh, 
I I just I genuinely I, I I hope everything's I hope he gets back soon and honestly never like the like he could avert Nurkic like really badly. Um yeah. same thing with Gobert. Like you you don't like you don't choke someone out like as a joke or whatever. Like there's a reason why. <laughs> like you don't do that, especially when Gobert really wasn't involved. He just kind of did it and People will say, well, the past shouldn't count. It's like, of course the past should count. Like, he's done this a lot before. It's clear he's a dirty player. This isn't a one-off thing. Like, the benefit of the doubt is not there for Draymond, and it shouldn't be. Um, So, I, Draymond's one of my favorite NBA players, like, in terms of his play style. um, You know, I just love how how good of a passer he is and was in his prime, such a good defender for someone who's not really like a jumper, you know, not an elite athlete. I just really respected his game and just sad. I think this is probably what he's going to be remembered for, um, you know, as much as being a, a four-time champion, which is crazy to think about, but he's probably going to be remembered as like the dirty player of this era. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a uh, the whole situation is pretty crazy. I mean, you got, you know, like guys like Katie being like, "I hope he gets the help he needs," which is just like some kind of crazy quotes. And then, um, you know, I agree with the suspension. I actually think watching this clip, he did try to explain it. I don't think it was as intentional as maybe some of his other incidents. Like, I yeah. do think that this one was like, okay, I can kind of feel like he wasn't necessarily trying to like punch him he was more just like flailing and like obviously at him but like it wasn't like to me I didn't see him at least like it wasn't like clenched fists like clearly trying to like it was kind of just like a wax his arm around um obviously like this guy's a dirty player we've seen it. I watched it there was a two minute like highlight reel it was like kicking people in the nuts stomping on their chest like choking them out on my tiktok so today so like this guy it, it's just like hundred percent you need to account for past infractions because it's like like let's look at steroids for instance like you know the first time a guy gets popped for steroids in baseball whatever they get the traditional like 80 games or whatever it is but like if you keep taking steroids like there needs to be a bigger penalty like for instance there's this guy in the mets uh henry mejia back in like 2015 ish who literally got popped like three times in a row and got like a lifetime ban because of it because it's like okay like you do it the first time you fucked up like well you know here's your punishment you do it again it's like okay buddy like what are we doing and it's like it's clearly you're not trying to stop or, or you're not trying to learn from any of this it just keeps on happening so i think the nba is doing the right thing um you know i honestly like he should be suspended for a long time like this should be like a at least 10 maybe 20 game suspension in my opinion like this is just it's just getting out of control and it's like at some point you just gotta like make a make a point and then like after this, if some if this keeps happening, like these crazy huge infractions, then it's like I don't even know what you do because it's like like at some point, then it's like okay, like suspend him for the season or just like permanently. Like I don't even know what what the next step is after this if he comes back and still is you know beating up people. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think the NBA is doing the right thing. I mean, what a time for the NBA! You got John Moran in court, like talking about you know. His diamonds are real, trying to show how he punches someone. I mean, it's and then you got Draymond actually punching people on the court. I mean, it's it's just a absolute disaster. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of it's entertaining, honestly. It's been very entertaining. But um, you know, those two always seem to be at the uh, the forefront of the headlines when it comes to kind of this kind of stuff, which uh, is never never what you want. But uh, that's Draymond. I think the NBA is handling it right. So uh, obviously, it'll be interesting to see kind of how long this lasts and. Obviously, when he returns, um, you know, if, if there's really any change or, you know, what's going to happen. So that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I quickly on the jaw thing, like that was really weird as well. Like the NBA <laughs> is kind of like a crazy reality show, kind of. It feels yeah. like like it's very over the top, very dramatic. Um, yeah, I don't know. With yeah, with jaw, like like he had to like what was happening again like it was <laughs> uh, i just saw bits and pieces on my tiktok but it was just like there was one where there's some lady was like are these diamonds real and he's like yeah i'm a millionaire like, what you think? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. like talk to him Ja. 
And then there was another clip of like some lawyer, like Ja was like, she was like, okay, punch me. And Ja was like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> like it was, it was wacky for sure. Yeah, no, that was, that was the clip I saw that I didn't remember. Um, we're going to, we're going to move on to the NFL here. Um, before we get too off the rails. Um, oops. Okay. Sorry. I was looking at week 14. My bad. Um, tonight. Okay. Wow. Um, is it announced who's starting for the Raiders? I think it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. Is, would it be Jimmy G if it's not Aiden O'Connell? Is that who it would be? Him or do they have Brian some young, Hoyer, man. Young, young, oh, they got Brian Hoyer. Oh, my God. I can't believe they signed Jimmy G and he's just like on the bench. Like, that's great. Didn't they give him like 20 M's a year too? Yeah. Oh, my God. That game's a mess. So it's Mitch Trubisky versus, we'll say, O'Connell. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I'll probably no, pick it's, the, it's the Steelers. Oh, fuck. It's the Chargers. I thought it was the Steelers. Oh, okay. This is a weird one. Ooh. Who are you picking up? Um, yeah, we got a little sidetracked there. Sorry. Um, mm, mm, I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Uh, they're at home. Uh, that's about all I got. I don't. I don't really have like the most to say about this game. Uh, Quentin Johnson caught a deep ball, so that's like I guess a somewhat promising sign. Keenan Allen's out. Um, so that yeah. makes me think about. Raiders a little bit more. Um, like this just feels like a low-scoring, boring game. We know Al Michaels isn't going to be happy to be on the call. Um, yeah. I said this last week with the Thursday night game, but I'm probably going to be watching basketball. To be honest, maybe I'll I'll flip to it. Do I have any fantasy guys? No, I don't think so. So, yeah, I don't I don't think I'll really be you know super invested in this one. Um, I I mean. The Chargers, it's just like, I, I know Herbert, you know, obviously another brutal quarterback injury, which just sucks. Like, yeah. so many of them this year, just like really like the worst. You know, you never want to see that. But, um, like, how is this team five and eight? They're way too talented. And it's like their receivers were hyped up to be go- so good. And I know they had, yeah. again, injury problems there. And that is a very recurring theme for the Chargers year in, year out. Um. But it's like where like you draft a guy in the first round, he can't play at all, really. Like the defense is horrible. You have a defensive head coach. You have the guy leading the league in sacks. You have jo- you have Joey Bosa. You have Derwin James, and the defense is really bad until the last few weeks. It's just like it's embarrassing, and like I I don't get why they haven't fired Brandon Staley yet. I I certainly don't know what I'll say if they don't fire him this off season. He's um, gone. He's got to be gone. He's got to like, be. Yeah, be. like it's. He's gone. Um. Sure. Yeah, I guess we'll cross that bridge if we get there, which hopefully we don't. Just as a fan <laughs> hopes for the best for the NFL and the product. Um, yeah. The Raiders, it's like whatever they couldn't score last week. That's obviously frustrating, but the, you know they're they're just like not that good. They'll they're a rebuilding team. I like obviously Crosby. They probably should trade Devontae Adams and then won't. Um, until he's not good anymore, but that you know he's still a very very elite receiver. Like I don't understand why a team wouldn't give up a second round pick for him, and why that wouldn't be good for the Raiders. Like that just seems to make sense to me. So hopefully he gets out of there. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Raiders in this one. What about you? We we'll go with the Chargers. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs also not going to be playing in this one. I think that's pretty big. You know, this Raiders offense, when it is good, usually runs through him. So I think, you know, not having him is going to be big. I think, you know, it'll probably be a big Austin Eckler week, I would imagine. Uh, You know, kind of a bounce back for him last week. He's been really struggling. But I think yards per carry were around like five or something like that. He only had like 10 carries, which I think they need to get that number up a little bit. But I'd expect a big Austin Eckler week. Like you said, you know, Easton Stick, when he was in there, you know, hit Quinn and Johnson for a deep ball. So it looked all right. Um, you know, it's going to be an ugly game, probably a sloppy one. Um, you know, thinking back to, I guess it was two, three years ago, that week 18 game, or maybe it was 17 at the time, uh, Chargers-Raiders game, at, you know, Sunday Night Football for the playoffs. That was one of the better games I think I've ever watched. And now uh, we're stuck with Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell on Thursday Night Football. So that's that. Um, I'll pick the Chargers. No reason to spend more time on this one than we need to. Um, so we'll move over to the next fun quarterback matchup, Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning. Uh, Vikings 
and move Josh Dobbs down to QB three. So the, the astronaut has, uh, I think we were saying the astronaut has landed or I guess has crashed and burned in this case. Um, Jake Browning and the Bengals, man, they've been playing really good. Uh, it seems like Jefferson will play for the Vikings, but I will be picking the Bengals here. Um, their offense has been rolling. They've, they found some magic in this kid. I mean, this looks like a team that might be making a run to the playoffs. Both these teams are seven and six, obviously in different conferences, uh, much easier path, I would say for the Vikings than the Bengals, but um, I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think their offense has been moving. Jamar's looked good. Nixon's kind of had a, a resurgence. Chase Brown had a big catch last week. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Yeah, I am as well. Um, kind of feels like they need it more, like you said, with the the difference in the conference strength and just feels like they're playing better. They're a better team right now. Jake Browning looks like top 40 quarterback for what it's worth you know one of those yeah. good backups to potential fringe starters you know we'll see how long that lasts and this vikings defense has been playing really well so wouldn't be shocked if it's a really low scoring game again um you know i i, I guess nick mullins might be better than dobbs at this point but i don't know how good he is i think there is something to be said for the first few weeks of a backup quarterback for whatever reason seem to go pretty well usually. And mm -hmm. then it seems to fall off the rails after like three or four weeks. So we are still kind of in that phase for Browning. So I guess I don't want to speak too soon and call him a great backup because, you know, <laughs> people are really going to get mad about that take, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I just think the Bengals are slightly better you know, all around, slightly better at quarterback, probably not as well coached, but I just give them the talent edge here. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Bengals at home. Um for sure. Yeah, no moving on to another interesting quarterback matchup, a theme of every single NFL game, basically. Um yep. we got Steelers Colts. This is in Indianapolis. I it, it is Mitch Trubisky, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm going to go with the Colts. The Steelers don't look very good. Um, They, you know, this is classic Steelers. They lose to, you know, some bad teams, and then they're probably going to win this week. But I just can't pick them right now. Like Trubisky's not good, and this offense isn't good enough to carry him at all, like even make him look competent. And defense, like, they're, you know, they're opportunistic. They usually are smart they play like they want to play defense they don't just you know kind of gift you free yards and soft coverage like a lot of teams do but they're you know they're not in you know some immovable object object on defense like teams are able to move the ball we saw bailey zappy like yeah. go off against them like that's that's embarrassing if you're a defensive <laughs> like that can't happen um so you know, I just have no reason to pick the Steelers right now. And the Colts are playing pretty solid football. Um, They didn't play great last week against <clears throat> the Bengals. Um, but I just think they're playing better football at this time. And they're at home. So I, I give them the edge. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, You know, the Colts got blown out last week. I think they're starting to kind of hit the, you know, kind of come back to the mean um, a little bit. I, I just don't think they're as good as their record shows, um, you know, Gardner's solid at this point um, for like a backup, but, you know, Zach Moss has kind of started to struggle a little bit. Um, obviously the receivers have been really good. Pittman Downs and, and Alec Pierce have been great, but um, no JT once again, I think that's big. Um, you know, the Steelers, it's just one of those weeks that it feels like they get the job done. Highsmith and TJ Watt both going to be playing. They both got cleared. So that's big as well. Um yeah, I just think this is a low-scoring game. I think the Steelers kind of just, just kind of tough it out, and um, you know, Najee and and Jalen Moore and lead this team to victory. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. All right, moving along. Broncos at Lions. Lions in a bit of a funk. I believe they've lost two in a row now. Uh, nope, that's incorrect. They've lost two of three. Uh, lost last week to the Bears. The Bears have played the lines really well. They've kind of had a resurgence. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, Broncos, obviously now seven and six. I mean, crazy turnaround for them. I think they've only lost one of their last seven games, which is pretty remarkable. Um, it is in Detroit. Um, I don't know. It's a close one. What do you think of? I was hoping you would make the pick for a second. <laughs> 
Um, I can pick. I'll, I got my pick in mind if you want to go. I no, no, go. no. I, I was just kidding. Okay. I, I am going to go with the Broncos. I think, okay. you know, they're just playing better football right now. They're, you know, their weakest side of the ball is probably their offense, which I just think is better than Detroit's defense right now, which is really the issue. Um, earlier in the year, I remember saying like, oh, it's, you know, you've got this star and Aiden Hutchinson, you've got a bunch of other solid starters, but now it's like, you've got a really good edge rusher in Aiden Hutchinson, but you don't really have anyone else that you're really confident in. And that's really hurting them. And Jared Goff has been turning the ball over a little bit more. So I'm just like, not very confident in this Lions team right now. The Broncos are playing well. They're not explosive or this great offense, but Cortland Sutton's playing really good football. Russell Wilson, you know, kind of looks back like in his early Seattle days, I guess. Like that's, you know, without the legs really, but, you know, just making enough plays with a good surrounding cast around him. Um, So that's why I'm going with the Broncos, which sounds, imagine if I told myself that like five weeks ago. Crazy times. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the Broncos. Since you go to the Broncos, I'll go with the Lions. Um, you know, I think they're better than have they played in this last three-game stretch. Uh, I think golf's kind of been in a little bit of a funk. And, you know, this isn't a, an easy matchup. I think the key for them is just get Amon Ross St. Brown the ball. He has not been getting the ball enough these last two weeks. I think he's been held to, like, two or three ca- – I think three catches last week, two the week before. So, you know, prior to that, it, it felt like this guy was getting seven, eight, nine catches a game. And, you know, he's the best player on offense at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, Sam LaFord has been great and, you know, just run the football. If they establish the run early on, I think they'll win this game, you know, with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I mean, we've seen it. They've been the best running back to all season, in my opinion. So, uh, just stick with that. Honestly, like if you get those guys running the football, you're going to be in a good spot. So establish the run, uh, Denver's offense, like you said, it's been better, um, than maybe last year, but still not super explosive. Like this isn't a team that's running up scores or. Russ isn't throwing for 300 yards a game. Like he's kind of been in the, you know, 150 to 250 range most games. Um, so, you know, I think the Lions are explosive enough on offense, have that big playability to, you know, stay in this. And look, they're still a really great team. I mean, they've obviously been, been in a bit of a funk, but they still got nine wins. They're still going to uh, be in the playoffs. So I'm going to pick the Lions. I think they've got like 16 different ways they can clinch a playoff spot this week or something like that. I feel like I saw something like that. So likely they'll clinch uh, this week. But um would be great to do that with the win. So uh, we'll see if they can do that. I think they will get it done. All right, next game. Uh, <laughs> story of all the NFL, Tommy DeVito uh, heading to down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Obviously, Giants win on Monday Night Football against the Packers. You got the agent kissing the dad. I mean, it's one of the, the great – scenes of television i've seen in recent memory i can just feel the italian accent trying to come out at, uh, of me right now it's starting to take over in my voice um and i'm gonna pick the giants i'm rolling with them um the saints have been really bad recently they just it's just not a lot to be excited about their car it feels like the guy comes out with like seven injuries a week it's like you expect the guy to be out two months and it's like he gets cleared by friday and he's no injury designation in the sunday i mean it's honestly pretty remarkable I think the guy's been concussed like five times this year already. He has like 10 broken ribs, punctured lungs left and right, and somehow, some way. So, look, as much as shit as Derek Carr gets, uh, even though it might be hurting the team more that he's out there with all these injuries, props to him. He's No one can doubt that guy's toughness. I think if that's one thing that's been made clear this season. I mean, that guy is is a warrior. It feels like all these Saints quarterbacks are always getting like so banged up, which is like I feel like when Jameis was in there, when Breeze was in there, they had just like, fractured rib after fractured rim punctured lungs like all this shit and it's just happening to Derek Carr. i don't know what's going on there in new orleans but um you know they do have weapons but giants defense has been playing incredible i think they've just kind of rallied around this whole like tommy devito thing and they're just kind of you know playing up there goes the lamp on it as i guess the timer went off 504 p.m to be exact that's a bit weird but <laughs> alas we move um yeah i think they've just rallied around defensively around this team right now um Kayvon Thibodeau has been great this year I think he's up to like 12 or 13 or 14 sacks I think 12 um and yeah Tommy's just not turning over the ball being efficient and Saquon's been great obviously had a fumble last game is only third in his career which is a pretty crazy stat as well um but yeah I'm rambling on him I'm thinking the Italians and and the New York Giants so yeah 
Yeah, no, how how can you not love it? Like, I don't like the Giants at all, but I really like this story. It's fun. Um, I guess part of it's because I'm not really deep down scared of Tommy DeVito, but I am going to take the Giants. The Saints looked really unconvincing in a win against the worst team I can basically remember since that Browns team. Um, yeah. I mean, Panthers are bad, they beat the Texans. I, That's crazy. That the Panthers um, beat the Texans, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but besides that yeah i'm going with the giants i just like i'm not impressed at all by anything the saints are doing and i am impressed by what the giants are doing on defense and with the ball control and dable's you know smart offensive coach he's getting the ball in saquon's hands they're using wandale i think devito has a connection with wandale which is you know really interesting and you know they're just they're figuring it out um yeah, so I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, moving on, we've got Bears-Browns. Um, I was talking to my friend, my good friend, who's a big Bears fan, and he said, you know, I'm really worried that this is a game Fields gets killed because, you know, <laughs> it's a bad line against one of this, you know, one of these great pass rushes of the last, you know, however many years. Um yeah, I mean, I it's just it's hard to imagine this game going super well for the Bears on offense. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Browns. Um, but I I really I do think I could see the Bears winning this just because I'm not super confident in Flacco. Their defense is playing better, and their offense is playing better to be honest as well. And the Browns are the type of team that their defense is so good that they can beat anyone, but their offense is so inconsistent that they can lose to anyone. So I could see this going either way. I will hesitantly go with the Browns, though. Yeah, um, I think it's an interesting game. I mean, Cleveland Browns, man, this team has suffered more season-ending injuries than I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, obviously you've got Deshaun, Nick Chubb, but this past week you had Dewan, G- Dewan Jones, um, the offensive tackle, uh, Jedrick Wills was ruled out for the season. He was already on IR right now, out for the season. You got Grant Delphit placed on IR, probably out for the season. Ogbo Ogaronquo out for the season. I mean, it's like, holy shit, like what is going on? And obviously you get, that doesn't even include Jack Conklin, uh, Jakeem Grant, all these guys. I mean, it's just like this team is so good and they're still like, they have the depth to kind of survive a little bit, but it's like, holy cow. I think Mo Hurst too was on this team and survived suffered yeah. a season-ending injury. Like, holy crap. Um, regardless, I will pick them. I think this is going to be a better game than people think. The Bears have been playing really good. I think Matt Eberflus, as much slack as we gave him early on in the year, could be saving his job. I mean, their defense has turned it around. The Montez Sweat trade looks great for them. He's been a huge piece. I think he's up to three and a half sacks with them so far. Um, so he's been great. Uh, Fields, I mean, he played really well last week. Credit to him. Um DJ Moore has been a superstar for them. I mean, I think that's the key. You get those guys the ball. It is a very tough matchup. Brown secondary is, is relatively healthy. You got Martin Emerson, Newsom. I don't know if Denzel was out there last week. He might have been out, but he was um, not. yeah. Um, but still, I mean, Grant Delpit out is going to help help them a little bit. But it's going to be an interesting game, I think. I will pick the Browns. Flacco has been playing really well. So um, I got no reason to think they won't win at home. And that would take them a nine win. So um you know i feel like the magic number in the afc right now is probably 10 about i feel like if you hit 10 wins you're probably going to be in but there's a lot of teams there and the browns are in a very good spot so um this is a big week for them though and if they get it done got to imagine that you know barring a, a crazy collapse that they'll be in the playoffs so i'll pick the browns um moving along to another game i mean i don't even think we really have to spend any time on this one falcons at panthers i'm gonna pick the falcons the panthers are terrible um they're just one of the worst teams i think i've ever watched like you said kind of a, a minute or two ago bryce young man like i feel for the guy um doesn't look great <laughs> i mean i don't know if anyone would in that offense though so jury's still out on him it may be out on him for a few years but uh, it's been ugly and i you know i'm not a huge falcons guy but i think they'll win this game pretty easily yeah no i you put it well um I honestly, I don't know what the deal is with Bryce Young. I think 
I basically think of him what I thought coming into the draft. Like I, I really like, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I don't see any, anything that tells me he doesn't have it. I just think it's the situation around him. I think it's, you know, like you said, it's really hard for anyone to succeed in this situation. I mean, like you look at what happened, you know, with Stroud, he loses his top two receivers and instantly it becomes a lot harder for, you know, them to yeah. do much, you know, granted against a great Jets defense, but just makes everything harder. Um, but yeah, that being said, I, I'm going with the Falcons. Panthers are really horrible. Um, moving on, we've got the Bucks taking a visit up to Lambeau Field. Um, rematch of the championship game from a few years ago. But yeah. boy, are these teams different. Um, especially <laughs> obviously the quarterback position. Um, but I mean, you know, the Packers' disappointing loss. You know, it kind of just felt like everything they'd been doing well has kind of gone away, which is really frustrating. You know, not gone away. Like, they just didn't, you know, they didn't, you know, get the quick game going. Yeah, they had a bad, really they had the a only game. thing they got going on offense. They had a bad game. Um, Not to say they can't get it back. Um, And as a matter of fact, I'm going to predict them to get it back. I'm taking the Packers here. Um. I just think the Bucks' pass defense is really weak. Like we saw Ritter throw for 340 yards on them. Like, yep. you know, Love should have 400 yards by that. You know, by that expectation. Um, I think Christian Watson is probably playing. I I haven't heard the update on him. Um, he's good now, I guess, which kind of happened out of nowhere. But um, unlikely to play. Unlikely to play. Okay, take yeah. that back. So he sucks. And AJ Dillon has AJ Dillon has a broken thumb apparently. Oh, interesting. And they probably Aaron Jones is always a little tricky with his. I injury. doubt Aaron Jones is getting in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was I was trying to be, I was trying to be nice. Um, but yeah, uh, you're you you are right, sir. Um, yeah. So I'm still going with the Packers. I just think Love is going to figure something out against this Bucks pass defense, and the Bucks offense is pretty uninspiring. So yeah, I'm going with the Packers at home here. What about you? Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks. Actually, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I've low key feel like I've been a big Bucks guy. I feel like I've honestly picked them uh, most weeks. Um, hmm. Weirdly enough. Um, I don't know. I think the Packers are really banged up. Like we just talked about, like, I think we saw their offense last week with no Christian Watson, no Aaron Jones. And it's just kind of like, all right, like you got some solid guys, I guess, like a Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, AJ Dillon kind of, you know, we know what he is at this point. And, you know, Jordan Love, obviously he looks like a great player, um, but, you know, you can only do so much kind of what we talked about with the Panthers, which you brought up with the Texans. You can only do so much with limited weapons. Then you look at the Bucs, and they just got way better weapons on offense. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White's been really playing well. Kate Auden's emerged as a solid tight end in the National Football League. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bucs. I think they're, uh, you know, just healthier right now. And and sometimes at the end of the season, that's all that matters is just health. Who's healthier? And I think the Bucs are actually in a pretty good spot health-wise. And I think they'll, you know, picking Baker to go win a game in Lambeau week 15 or – yeah, I guess we're week 15. Jesus, we're week 15. That's insane. The NFL season just flies, man. It's truly incredible. Flies, yeah. um, damn, like we're th- a month away from the playoffs. Holy cow. Um, sorry. Just, just, uh, I'm oh, scared of my NFLs. It's almost gone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to pick Baker in the box to go into Lambeau and get the dub. Speaking of another team that uh, got a dub last week, the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, man, he's back and better than ever, slinging that thing last week. Uh, they're going to Miami uh, to play the Dolphins, who obviously had a really, really bad loss to the Titans on Monday Night Football. Uh, Tua looked bad. I mean, we we talked about it this week, you know, off camera, but rough game from him. I mean, it's like what – this guy in the big moments has just not really shown up. I mean, the big teams has not shown up. Tyreek Hill was uh, banged up during this one, missed a, a good portion of the game. I would assume he's going to play this week, but who knows? You know, he's not going to be 100%. So that will factor in, obviously, against these Jets corners. And I'm going to pick the Jets, man. I I just got a little feeling, you know, Zach Wilson kind of stirs something up. I think, uh, you know, I feel like they're letting it rip a little more. I think, you know, you hear the DJ Reed quote, you know, of Zach Wilson kind of be like, what else do I have to lose at this point? And I think that's the attitude he should have the whole season, but I'm glad he's finally figured that out. 
And, um, you know, I felt like Hackett kind of let him loose a little more. And it looks like good things. I mean, Garrett Wilson's great. Um, you know, they they did some fun things. You know, you had Randall Cobb, Xavier Gibson scoring touchdowns, which is good. Obviously, the supporting cast has been heavily criticized this year. So seeing those guys get involved was big. Brees Hall looked pretty good for the first time in a while, it felt like. Um, so, yeah, man, Zach gives them the best chance to win. I think, you know, the whole Tim Boyle stuff was kind of stupid. I feel like we kind of said that all along, like, Tim Boyle's not good. Uh, obviously, Zach, it was frustrating to watch. But I think part of that's just they weren't really letting it rip with him. And at this point, I'd rather see the kid throw four interceptions trying to be super aggressive than just run, run, and then pass at the line of scrimmage. Like, just let the kid throw. Um, and I don't know. I got a weird feeling this week that they go and beat Miami, who is kind of on fraud watch, I feel like. And they kind of have been. But, you know, maybe your take about them is, is starting to creep back more towards you being a – kind of right from the beginning of the year yeah i mean I, i'll still take the l on that one by the way. <laughs> um like yeah no i mean i I'll, I'll take the l on that one i you know even if they are the most you know fraudulent contender or whatever people are saying about them like they're still a good team like the reason this was concerning was because they were kind of known as a lose to the good teams beat the bad teams easily type team and I know they were missing Tyreek or, you know, for the most part, he was like kind of out there, but not really himself and not really out there for most of the, you know, second half. Um, I'm also going with the Jets. <laughs> wow. I, I Yeah, I'm sorry, because now that means the Dolphins are definitely winning. But like, you know, they just they, they really choked that one away. They, you know played super soft coverage at the end of the game, which always makes me mad when they're just gifting teams 15, 20 yards at a time. It's like, no, this yeah. isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I just don't get it. Um, That always makes me upset because, you know, as you know, I, I, I think I would be doing better. Obviously I wouldn't be, but you know, I, <laughs> I think in my head, I'm like, just run some aggressive coverage, at least, you know, sprinkle it in there. But you know, obviously you guys know more than me, but it is frustrating to see that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just think the Jets corners are going to have a good day against a banged up Tyreek if he does play. And I I don't know. I like, it's not, you know, I, I like Zach Wilson. I think he's a really nice, like really nice guy. I think he said all the right things this year. Like, Oh, that's never a good start. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But I'm rooting for him. And but he sucks. <laughs> he does suck. He does suck at football. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not super confident in this offense, but like maybe he can replicate what he had going on last week. And I think either way, they're going to be in it because of the defense. Um, yeah, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we got Chiefs uh going to Foxborough. Um this is tough because I'm on I'm gonna be honest, I don't want I don't want to talk about this Mahomes stuff. Like it just really irked me. Um yeah. you know, this gave Very me some sore loser crybaby type vibes. Um yeah. So that's all I that's think all with that, about. real real quick, I'll jump Yeah, go in. ahead. Go I ahead. think I think, you know, obviously that's pretty much the most, you know. Um, I don't know what the vocal or, uh, you know, animate we've seen Patrick Mahomes really. Um, obviously, he was directing it at the reps. I think it's, you know, just a combined frustration from the losses this season. Obviously, the Packers game, you had a, just a mess. You had the big MVS drop, which was, I forget which, was that against the Lions on opening? No, week? it was against the Eagles. Against the Eagles, you had the Kadarius Tony uh, drop on that was against the Lions. That was against. The There's been all these things with the receivers, and I think it's just boiled up. And originally, I thought he was yelling at Tony. I didn't think he was yelling at the refs, and Me I was too. a little confused why he's yelling at the refs. I think obviously they were just a little frustrated, and understandably so. Like, you know, offensive offsides, you don't really see that call too much. Um, you know, obviously it seems like Tony didn't do the best job he could have at making sure he was on sides. Um, it's a tough call to call in that spot, such a late game. You know, it's the right call. He was definitely blatantly offsides. I think it sucks that they did call it um, because it's not one of those calls I think that we would have looked back on and Bills fans would have been like, oh, my God, like he was offsides. They got to call this. Like it's not like one of those things like a pass interference where you're going to get the other fan base super engaged and adamant about it. 
like no one would have noticed if they didn't call it, which I think is what kind of makes it more frustrating. And I do get what the Chiefs are saying, where it's like uh, this had no impact on the play. Like the guy's foot was like a foot in front of where it was supposed to be. Like I get it. Um, obviously, I think he could have handled it a little bit better. I think he admitted that. But I think it also just stems from frustration at the receivers more so than the referees. And obviously, you don't want to be yelling at your teammates. So kind of out, you know, directed it at the refs, whereas I think you can kind of tell where, you know, it's just I think it's built up to the point where he's just super frustrated because he hasn't been through a patch like this in his career where they've lost, you know, all these games because of just fuck ups by the receivers, essentially. So sorry, I will. I'll just jump in a prediction. I'm picking the Chiefs. They're not going to lose another game. They're going to be pissed off now. You got to imagine these receivers are on edge at this point. Not that they haven't been already. So someone's got to show up besides Rasheed Rice and Kelsey, obviously. And I just don't think the Patriots, obviously they won last week, but uh, this Chiefs defense, I think is very good. And this offense should have their way with this doing on defense. So I'll pick the Chiefs. Sorry about the little rant on the homes there, but your thoughts on the, the game. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you said. I think that's a great way to put it. Like, you kind of changed my mind to be honest. Like, like I get why he's mad. I get why he's mad about the 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 team. Like he should be. And you know, as a you know, he's just a guy who wants to win. Like I get that. That that's fair to me. Um about this game, yeah, I think the Chiefs are gonna blow them out. Um, I I just think this feels like a get right week for them. You know, there's nothing super scary about this Patriots defense, even if they're performing, you know, pretty adequately to well. Um, I just, yeah, you know, their offense is horrible and the Chiefs defense is really good. So even if the Chiefs offense is bumpy, it's not going to matter anyway. But I just feel like they're going to, you know, really care almost, you know, come in pissed off and I think kind of blow the doors off them like they did the Bears. Um, yep. so yeah, that's, that's my prediction for that game. Moving on to Texans at Titans. Um, would be a, a battle of two rookie quarterbacks, but it's looking like Stroud's probably not going to play, although I wouldn't rule it out. Um, He yeah. just didn't practice for the second straight day, which would be my reasoning as to why not and the line favors the idea that he's not playing, which they always do seem to know. <laughs> um, so you just, you guess he isn't going to play, but it is possible he does. Um, That being said, I think the Texans actually win this regardless. Um, the Titans are pretty whatever. And I think the Texans are going to be playing this like almost like, you know, this is a huge game, obviously, at, you know, as one of the six AFC teams at seven and six. Um, they're going to they're going to need every win they can get. And even if they're going with the backup quarterback, I, I just think they're going to, you know, they're going to be able to find a way to get it done. They've. You know, they are missing some playmakers. I'm almost talking myself out of this pick, but I am going to stick with I am going to stick with the Texans. What about you? I'm picking Tennessee. I'm picking them regardless of if Stroud plays or not. Um, I think this is a pesky team, man. They have been, you know, even while Tannehill was there. And I think that just comes down to coaching. Like Mike Vrabel is just such, in my opinion, I think he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. I think he really gets players to, to play for him. He's a tough coach, but. Um, you know, this is going to be a team. They're going to run the football. I think Will Levis has given them more options out of the passing game. I mean, his final drive or the, the go-ahead drive in that game was sensational. Um, and the comeback was great. I think you see, you know, his emotions. He was so fired up. It was great to see, too. D-Hop's been great. And I just think this Texans team is too banged up right now um, at the receiver position. Like, you got – I don't – is Nico Collins going to play or no? Probably not, right? I don't think so. Yeah, so you got him, Tank Dell's out, so then you're stuck with, like, Noah Brown and, like, Robert Woods. It's like, all right, like, this is now bad. Um, um, You know, Will Anderson, I just saw something, too, that he's likely to miss this game. So I just think there's a lot of pieces. I think, uh, you know, Tennessee will be able to take advantage of that and run the football, play good, you know, defense, and and just come out with the win, you know. So I'm going to go Tennessee here. Yeah, fair enough. Moving along, I mean, this one's pretty easy. You got the Niners going against, against the Cardinals. Um, you know, this this NFC, this top three, we're going to talk about it in, in a second here when we get to the Cowboys-Bills game. But, um, you know, hectic top three we got right now. Um, I think the Niners probably up at the top. They beat the Seahawks again. Debo's going off every week. McCaffrey's McCaffrey. Ayuk's a stud. Kittle's a stud. I mean, this offense, 
it feels like this team is super healthy too. I know, you know, you got the Halupalunga, the safeties after the season, but uh, other than that, they're relatively healthy, which is never what you want. I feel like all the NFC teams are, I guess the Cowboys have had some injuries and some of the Eagles, but um, they're relatively healthy, which is good to see. So yeah. should be a fun playoff stretch to get the one seed and, and the playoffs in general should be fun. But yeah, I'm going to pick the Niners here. Obviously, Brock Purdy is probably going to have a day. CMC might go for three tutties. I don't know. It should be a blowout. Um, maybe Kyler gets some garbage time work for your fantasy owners out there. But I think this is a, a start all 49ers skill players type day because I can see a lot of touchdowns coming for the 49ers. Yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, I'll keep it short. I think this Niners team looks like they're really dominant right now. Um, I said last week it feels like they could, you know, find their way to the Super Bowl and just blow a team out, and I stand, you know, by that as a strong possibility. Um, yeah. and the Cardinals just, yeah, I don't see the Cardinals doing anything to stop them. Um, <laughs> moving on to Commanders Rams, and then we get into the three you know, most fun games probably. Yeah. Um I I mean Matthew Stafford, man, like he's still really, really good. Um yeah. You know, I know they lost to the Ravens, but like really nice performance from him, kinda of keeping them in it. We saw the great catch from Puka Nakua. Cooper Cup yeah. got going again. Um this defense isn't you know, great, but they still have Aaron Donald, and that's something you know worth noting, obviously. And they got Russ East, of course. And Russ East, of course. How could I forget? Um, yeah, the commanders. Oh wow, he's got fifty-one combined tackles. Boy's been busy. Thirty solos, three pass deflections. Islands. TDs. <laughs> Um, and the commanders kind of seemed to be, well, they were on pie last week, but before that, they kind of seemed to be going in the wrong direction. So I'm pretty confident in the Rams here. They're still right in that playoff mix in the NFC. And I think they, they take care of business here. What about you? Yeah, definitely. The commanders suck. Um, you know, the Rams with Kyron Williams are a different team. Like he is a stud. I mean, they've really leaned on him these last few weeks since he's been back been running the football really well. He's a threat out of the passing game. I mean, he is so big for them, and I think you see just instantly the flip with that Cardinals game when he came back. It was just a different offense. They've been great since. Really good against a really good Ravens defense last week, even though they lost. They were, I mean, they went to OT. Like, what more What more could you ask for in a loss? Obviously, you want to win the game, but against, you know, the best team in the AFC right now, you go to OT, like, at their home field in the rain, I think, or yeah, there was sloppy conditions. Like, what more can you want? So, this is a really good offense. Commanders are terrible. They've been getting like 40-piece every game. I I think the Rams put up 30, 40 points pretty easily in this one and, and come away with the victory. And, you know, if they stay healthy, I think this is a playoff team. And absolutely, I think they can win a playoff game or two with, you know, the experience some of these guys got and the young talent. I mean, this was probably the youngest team, I think, going into the, the season this year. One of the youngest, just in terms of the amount of sheer rookies and, you know, second years they had. You know, you heard Stafford saying he didn't know anyone's names and, you know, even on this podcast, we were looking at the wide receivers and I was going, Puka Nakua. And I was like, from BYU, a rookie. Like, who the fuck are these guys? And it's like, oh, just, you know, one of the greatest rookie wide receivers in the history of the sport is who Puka Nakua was. And I was foolish. And Kyron's been a stud. I mean, this team, really, really good. And, you know, and what seemingly was a down year and, hey, the future's not bright. All of a sudden, you got two of the best young offensive players in the NFL. So, great for them. I mean, they, they're a fun team to watch all of a sudden. And, you know, I think they blow Washington out. All right, moving along. Yeah, no. Cowboys at Bills. Both these teams, huge wins last week. Dallas now first in the NFC East after blowing out the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Dev, I got to let's get your thoughts on that game real quick before we get to predictions. We didn't talk about it. 33 13. I mean, first of all, Brandon Aubrey, I think, is Jesus, the reincarnation of Jesus at this point. He's automatic from basically 70 yards, it seems like it would be. Um, Dak is just all of a sudden. I mean, what did you see in this one? And uh, you know, what do you think is the key that Philly needs to the key adjustment Philly needs to make in these next four weeks to kind of be able to take down Dallas and San Francisco? Because we've seen this team now get blown out back to back weeks. 
you know, it's, it's, you know, about as dark as it can be for a 10 and three team right now. I mean, like two really deflating losses in a row granted to probably the two best teams in football, but it just doesn't yeah. look like the Eagles are on that level as of right now. In terms of what you do, you know, a lot of it's just execution more than, you know, team. um, sorry. No, I said pray. Is that, is that yeah, no, like that? You're right. I mean, like, you, you need the secondary to de age a few years. Um, <laughs> you need probably what in reality, you need this pass rush to start being really, really good again. And you need to get a little bit more creative on offense, get AJ Brown the ball over the middle of the field a little bit more, um, use some motion more. Um, and especially not fumble three times in Dallas territory. That would be the big one. Um, you know, they still have control their own destiny for the division. Um, you know, I hope slash it's possible the Niners lose another game, but it doesn't seem super likely at this point. You really want to be at home if you have to play Dallas. There's some talk on Eagles Twitter that it might be better to be the two seed because you likely avoid Dallas, assuming they crush the NFC South team that they get to play. I'd still rather be the first seed as a fan, but I guess I can get behind that not being the worst outcome. So, you know, you do have time. You have four games coming up that are very winnable. You need to win all four, probably three or so, you know, in blah fashion for me to feel more confident in this team. But right now it just feels like they're in, in the second tier behind the Cowboys and the Niners. Um which is yeah. really upsetting for a team that was just two weeks ago, 10 and one and looked like the clear best team in the league, arguably. Um, as for Cowboys bills, <laughs> um, two teams playing really well It you know, Allen has still turned the ball over, but it hasn't really been in the stupid, what are you doing? Allen type, you know, yeah. type way. And it just feels like this offense, like I said, is kind of doing, the things it needs to be doing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, finding out what works, getting James Cook super involved. I think it's gonna be a really high scoring game. Cowboys are a different team on the road, and I hate the Cowboys, so we know who I'm picking. I'm going with the <laughs> um <laughs> no bias at all involved there. <laughs> totally. Um oh yeah. Looks like you might have froze a bit. It's probably my bad Wi-Fi. Um, but I think you're done making your pick. Oh, I think we're good now. I think maybe, maybe not. Uh, well, my connection is definitely unstable. Okay. Um, I think we're good now. Yeah, there we go. I think somewhat. Um, okay. Sorry. I think we're good. No, I think it's just catching up on the lag, but, um, I think we're good. I think we're good now. I think we're good. Um, all right. So Deb's picking the Bills. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Um, I do agree with what you said. This is a different team on the road. They're not as good. Um, obviously, playing in Buffalo is is a tough ask, and I can very well just picture myself eating my words and seeing Dak throw three picks. But, man, the way this offense is just played, like I just can't pick against them right now. I think it's a tough matchup for Buffalo. Obviously, they did pretty well against, you know, the, the last few weeks you beat up on the Eagles. But last week against Kansas City, this offense wasn't as dominant as they were against Philly. Um, I think Dallas is more defensively closer to KC than Philly at this point. So I think, you know, they'll be able to hold the, the Buffalo to like 20 or so points. I think we get a Josh turnover probably. Um, and I think the way that offense is playing right now, I think you've got to give the, the, the Cowboys right now, like I think they're putting up 25, 30 points a game at this point. So I think that'll be enough to get the job done. I think it'll be a great game. Um, what is this? Is this uh, – this is a 425. So um, I think that honestly helps. Their, I guess it gets dark, though, at like 4 o'clock now. So it's going to be basically a night game. Um, but not necessarily prime time. But regardless, I, I will pick the Cowboys. I think, you know, the Bills have turned their season around. If they win this, they're in a great spot for the playoffs. But I do want to say one thing also. I heard – I forget who said it. it was, I think on NFL Network. But someone was like, well, if the Bills win this game, I think Josh Allen is the front runner for the MVP. And I'm like – that just cannot be the case. Like Josh Allen has thrown like yeah. 16 interceptions this season. Like, like 
as great as he has been in these last few games, like you can't just discredit the first half of the season where put the Bills in a spot where like they were very likely to miss the playoffs and still may. Like Josh Allen, as much of a great player as I think he is, as well as he's played these last few weeks, uh with under Ken Dorsey, um, you know, you, you can't just discredit that. So I'm gonna say uh I do I just don't think Josh Allen is an MVP. I want to put that out there. If the season started um, when it's Ken Dorsey who took over, right? Or is he the one who got fired? No, no, no. He got fired. It's Joe Brady. Okay. Joe Brady, right? That's what I meant. Sorry. Um, I knew I thought that was wrong. Um, so if it was the MVP award since Joe Brady took over that week, I think Josh Allen might be the front runner. But um, since it's not, unfortunately, um, I do not believe Josh Allen should win the MVP. Totally random thought. I'm going to transition us to Ravens Jaguar Sunday Night Football. Trevor Lawrence played last week. Through three picks, it didn't really seem like the high ankle was that much of a factor. Just Cleveland's defense is really good. Um, but Christian Kirk's still out, obviously. Um, Ravens on a roll, just had the punk return touchdown. I think they win this game. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I haven't been a huge believer in Jacksonville the whole time. I feel like, um, obviously, the, the injuries now on them for them on offense, I think, hurt, but they didn't manage to come back. Evan Ingram is kind of repeating what he did last year, just having a crazy end of the season. Um, so expect him to kind of get going a lot, I think, in this one. But Baltimore, I think, defensively will put up a better performance this week than they did last. And I think they'll just be ready to play. And I think Lamar is probably going to be too much for this defense. So, uh, And also, I mean, offensively, you know, Isaiah likely had a big week last week. OBJ has been really good recently. So they And Zay Flowers, obviously, has been great, too. So they've really opened up offensively in the passing attack, which is not something I think we were expecting when Mark Andrews went down. So shout out to them. They've, they've really transitioned well and are doing a great job. So I'm going to pick them for Sunday night football. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. I, everything is telling me I should pick the Ravens, but I just have a feeling about the Jaguars for some reason. Yeah. Um, So I am going to go with the Jags. It's at home. Got Lawrence with an extra week off the, the ankle sprain, which like you said, didn't really affect him, but I don't know. It just felt like, you know, it just feels like maybe the Ravens, like, you know, great, great, really dominant defense is running out of it of you know fumes a little bit. Not not that they're like tired, just like not quite at the level they were performing at earlier in the year. Um yep. and I don't know. I I just think maybe, you know, Lamar throws a pick or two or something like that. Sunday night in Jacksonville kind of feels like the Jags kind of need this a little bit more than the Ravens do. I just, you know, have a feeling about the the Jags here. Um, pulling it out, obviously a matchup with two really good teams. I'm excited for that one. Um, and then Monday night, my Eagles going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. I think it's unclear whether or not Geno's playing. Um, you know, whether that changes either of our picks, I don't know. Um, do the Eagles snap this, you know, two game losing streak, Griffin? I think they do, yeah. I, I mean, I just don't think – Seattle's a mess right now. I think, you know, saw that last week. DK, um, I mean, just – he just lost it in that, at the end of that game. A lot of frustration. Obviously, Geno hasn't been 100%, but, you know, the Seattle team is just in a, in a total funk right now. I'm trying to figure out – they've lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, four in a row, four. five and six. Um, that's not good. It's <laughs> not good for the program at the end of the day, and I think – you got a motivated Eagles team. They've lost two in a row. I think they're better than how they've played in those two games, most likely. And I think we kind of see them take some of that anger out on Seattle this week. Um, although, you know, DK could be pissed off too. So he might go off. I mean, they've got the weapons to kind of go at you. Obviously, it was Drew Locke last week. So we'll see if Geno is healthy enough to play. Um, I don't think it really matters. So I think Philly goes into Seattle and wins this one. They don't um that'd be a very bad loss for philly and i think you know then it's like okay like they running out of time to kind of write the ship but this is a big write the ship kind of week for them um so i think they get the job done yeah me as well um i i just i could see you know especially if gino does play like i could see the the defense having a tough time this week but i really see no world where this offense doesn't come out really pissed off and score you yeah. know 30 points if if it's required so 
you know, I, I'm not going to get too far into the Eagles struggles. I, I, you know, kind of talked about that, you know, the Cowboys game, you know, when we talked about the Cowboys. Um, So, you know, just really frustrating for the Seahawks. Like they were six and three and they were probably always going to lose, you know, to the Cowboys and both of the Niners games. But then it's like you lose to the Rams, like you really needed to win that one and you'd still be seven and six and right in this. But now it's just seeming like with the Geno injury, you're playing a pissed off, you know, and still pretty good at the very least, you know, team. Um, It just seems, you know, almost impossible for this to happen again, especially if Geno's not playing. So I'm going with the Eagles. Yep. Well, that will do it for our week 15 picks. And uh, I think that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Um, If you haven't already, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Um, Make sure to uh, check us out on Apple's podcast and Spotify at Outside the Arena there. Social medias will all be down in the description below. Um, Yeah, fun week in Sportshead. UFC 296 on Saturday. Uh, More NBA action as always. Week 15, like we said, the NFL season. MLB rumors starting to heat up, so um, we'll we'll get all the latest on next week's episode of Outside the Arena. But until then, thanks for watching. We'll see you all next week.